This is Recruiting Daily's Recruiting Live podcast, where we look at the strategies behind the world's best talent acquisition teams. We talk recruiting, sourcing, and talent acquisition. Each week, we take one overcomplicated topic and break it down so that your three-year-old can understand it. Make sense? Are you ready to take your game to the next level? You're at the right spot. You're now entering the mind of a hustler. Here's your host, William Tincup. Ladies and gentlemen, this is William Tincup, and you're listening to the Recruiting Daily Podcast. Today, we have Caitlin on from Keller Augusta, and we'll be talking about our topic for today is the numbers don't lie. Americans are feeling down. Can't wait to unpack this with Caitlin. Uh, Caitlin, would you do us a favor and introduce both yourself and Keller Augusta? Sure, sure. Thank you for having me. Um, Caitlin Kincaid, I'm Senior Managing Director at Keller Augusta. We are a real estate search firm. We're based in Boston. We have an office in New York and an office in South Florida. We work on um, assignments throughout the commercial real estate industry. Uh, We focus within all the sectors and work on all um, levels of positions. Um, We've certainly been busy in this time. There's a lot of you know, market activity, a lot of factors that are um, playing into um, the success of our our assignments. And, you know, the it's just been a, it's been an exciting time to be in the business. Fantastic. So um, I, I would assume that the last two or three years has been really, really interesting, especially I'm thinking about commercial, you know, we went from late 2019, where uh, the office rent was just out outrageous because there wasn't a lot of as much inventory and then all of a sudden two years later a lot of inventory but you mm-hmm. know now people are trying to do something different with those spaces so um it's interesting to you know because you all specialize in this what are the things that if we haven't paid attention to real estate what are the things are you seeing well you know what it is i think you know from a hiring standpoint there's been just so much activity in a very condensed period of time. Right, so, right. you know, there was there there wasn't any just general career attrition or any strategic hires that were made, you know, call it for 18 months anyways. Right. Um, you know, maybe there were replacements for immediate needs during that time, but very few people were like, hey, now's the perfect time for me to look for a new job. You know, that just wasn't happening when we were at the height of the pandemic. Um, so once we came out of that, you know, more people than normal say, you know, we're started looking for their next move. Um, I think there is a phenomenon of a post COVID perspective, if you will. I personally have struggled with the great resignation term because I don't think that that's really what's happening. Um, uh, me neither. You know, maybe it's a great reshuffle or, you know, something like that, but. Or is know, it great? We'll just uh, we'll just start with the the modifier. Yeah, yeah. Is it actually great? Uh, any of it? You know, it's funny because I think there's some data coming out to support that, like maybe it isn't. Maybe people do feel like they made a rash decision, like finally I can look for a job, and maybe the grass wasn't greener, or maybe right. you know there you know so that type of thing. But you know, I think the the idea that so many people are making moves, so many companies are hiring. Um, at the same time has made things more complicated in not only finding the right people, it's also about retaining people. Um, And, you know, um, 
you know, a lot of people are looking for the same types of professionals, whether it be a certain function or, or sector or certain asset type within real estate. You know, there's you know more activity within you know specific groups, which again also challenges the exercise of hiring people. I love it. So I, I live in uh, Texas, and so which is kind of heavy on commercial real estate, Dallas is at least uh, on the commercial real estate side, but our residential real estate is probably like a lot of places in the country. It's outrageous. It's just, there's just not, there's just no inventory. So, and everyone's moving from California. (laughs) So, so prices have just skyrocketed, which is just, it's just insane, which, uh, I'm not accustomed to because I, I live in Arlington, so I live in a, in a you know suburb of Dallas and Fort Worth, and uh, I'm not a, I'm not accustomed to being asked to in my house to be uh, sold to you know pretty much weekly people drive right. by and yeah yeah it's crazy. Uh, I'm sure in certain neighborhoods that, that happens all the time, but not my neighborhood. But um, so let's let's kind of jump into the topic. You know, feet first. Americans are feeling down. Let's unpack that. What do you What do you think's driving? First of all, let's. How did you arrive at that? What do you like? What do you? What's? How'd you get there? And then, what do you think that's driving it? Yeah, I mean, I don't. Um, I think that there we're living in a world where everything. The expectation is that everything can be done instantaneously, <laughs> um, whether it be like your grocery shopping or, you know, everything needs to be done immediately, and there's no the time that things used to you know, be allowed for certain things, whether it be work, whether it be, you know, like, like I said, just basic errands and, and responsibilities is now, um, I think the timing of it is um, challenging people. I think, you know, this whole remote work environment, you know, there's people that are desperately hanging on to the idea of flexibility. They do not want to go back to the office five days a week. Um, because they think they have like a better balance and maybe they do, maybe their commutes are horrible. Maybe, you know, it it just allows them to be home and, you know, walk their dog or have dinner with their family, whatever it might be, maybe they're new, but I think people are working longer hours. Um, I think they're missing like the just in-person collaboration with their colleagues. Um, And there's a lot of positive that comes out of that, that, you know, people are not, ha- are, you know, that's just not happening. Um, you know, I think many companies are moving to at least a hybrid schedule now. I think, you know, most people are back in the office to at least some degree. I was, I was actually in New York this past week and it was dramatically different than it was like four weeks ago um, in Midtown with just the people walking on the street um, and, you know, just the activity. Right. Yeah, you know, people are definitely back, even in that, like I said, you know, four or five week window, um, significantly more. Um, so yeah, I think that will help. You know, I, I think that people um, are seeking that like collaboration at a different level. It's it's interesting because uh, some of it is I I I've, I feel the same way, and I think some of it is some people need structure. Like mm-hmm. I, I learned this uh, years ago. I was a, a graduate assistant, but I was teaching at the, I don't know how the University of Arizona let me do this, but I, I taught undergraduates. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and literally the first time I taught, I didn't have a syllabus. 
I just wanted people to, it was just participation, no grades, no, I mean, no tests, no papers, no quizzes, none of that stuff. Just, we're going to read, we're going to come in, we're going to talk. It's going to be fun, fantastic. And half this class, it was probably 50 students, half the class loved it. Like, okay, I finally found a class that will let me just be me. Mm-hmm. And the other half literally asked for a syllabus. Like, okay, that sounds great. <laughs> What's the syllabus? What are the tests? When's the midterm? When's the, when are the papers due? It's like, yeah, there's none of that. There's none of that stuff. And what I learned through that experience, painful experience, is that some people, they just, they need structure. They they thrive they thrive in structure I guess and some yeah. people thrive in ambiguity and I've I've wondered about this through the pandemic is is you know it was, flexibility sounds great especially but if you're a structured person and you need structure then flexibility is it it can be a bit overwhelming oh on on both sides of it you know I mean right. there are those people that are probably sitting at home you know taking too long on whatever exercise they're working on because they don't have like a someone telling them what to do right next to them or you know just that structure but on the flip side again I think people are just there's no definition around like all right I'm gonna get into the office around 8 39 start my day I'm gonna head out five-ish people are you know sitting down at their laptops in their pajamas and starting their work day, you know, an hour, two hours before they used to, um, is the quality of the work is the time spent as efficient. I don't know, but I think like, I, I believe loud and clear people are, are working longer hours in this remote environment. I mean, are people again, going, you doing an errand in the middle of the day, working out, going for their walk in the middle of the day, maybe, but I still think that, um, people are certainly working more hours in this fashion. And, and more hours doesn't, doesn't necessarily, I think early in the pandemic, we all saw the same thing because we were all scared and right. terrified on, on so many different levels. And so we were probably overproductive, you know, just probably crazy yeah. productivity, right? And then all of a sudden that just started like, okay, enough. That just, <laughs> then that led to burnout, mental fatigue, mental, mental, mental illness, all kinds of different things. But like, I remember the first year of the pandemic, because my office faces out into our residential and the first year of the pandemic, especially after about six months or so, man, people were outside, they were walking their dogs, they were jogging, like they were just out and about. And it was cool. I mean, it was really actually really nice to see people out and about families and just all mm-hmm. kinds of stuff. Not as much now. And it's, and it's like, uh, you know, so something is, something's changed. I mean, I live in the same neighborhood. It's the same time yeah. of the year. So, and there's not, I mean, there's not that many people that have passed by the house and it's like, okay, so either they're going into work, which if they want to, that sounds fantastic. Or they're sitting at their terminal, they're sitting at their computer or they're not like, it's, it's crazy to me to think like flexibility in a way that, especially as you talked about at the beginning, flexibility, it's almost going to be defined by the individual. If, if it works for them is it's like, we're solving different algebra now. Does it, Mm -hmm. does it work for you, you know, to come into the office, to come in the office three days, five days, one day, whatever, or does it work for you truly work for you? to work remotely. Yeah. I mean, listen, I actually think that like the hybrid model will 
balance that and we'll give the people that need the in-office time, the people that want or need the home time. I think it will balance that. The reality is hybrid is much harder than everyone in the office, which is what we used to have. And then everyone went remote. So now we're not on an even playing field. If like you decide to go into the office on a Tuesday, but somebody else decides to stay home, you know, you will miss out, you know, or so you, some of the person who's at home may miss out on that, you know, opportunistic conversation, that quick, you know, group, you know, discussion in a conference room that just happened opportunistically. Um, So it'll be interesting to see. I mean, but I I can tell you loud and clear from candidates looking for new opportunities or considering new opportunities, people do not want to go five days a week to the office. It's, it's, uh, I've told this story before, but I have a friend that called me probably about a year ago and said, Hey, I need your help. Uh, I need to figure out some synonyms for the word commute. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm like, what's going on? You know, what's going on? He runs TA for uh, a large firm in San Francisco. And I'm like, what, what's going on? He's like, uh, yeah, uh, we're, we've got a kind of mandatory three days in the office. You can pick any three days. Doesn't matter. Could be whatever it is. But so you still have some flexibility, but you got to be in the office three days. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to force. And it's for a good reason. They, they believe a lot of their culture is that, you know, in office stuff that happens. And, uh, and he goes, I get people to offer lover. And then I explain kind of, we, we get to around to the bit and he goes, I have people drop out. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, it was a good news or bad news. Yeah. Uh, and, and they're both the same. I said, you got to talk about it first. Yeah. Oh, I mean, people are, if we call someone about a, a role that we're working on, it's the second question. It's not, you know, it used to be like, okay, what's the firm? What's the title? What's the opportunity? What are they willing to pay this person? Now it's what's the firm? What's their work from home situation? What's their flexibility? It's it that it's, mirrors. It's, it, people are prioritizing flexibility over compensation yep. and over like opportunity. I've found the same thing and, 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 and indeed kind of mirrors this and LinkedIn mirrors this too, where, uh, job postings that have the word remote or remote work in them mm-hmm. are indexed higher. And then they get, you get more action on them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think the transparency it's expected by the candidates to like, just what's your model? Like, even yeah. if you don't know, like it for sure, it's like carved in stone. Like what's the model that you're working with now? And like, I've even had candidates are, is this remote forever? Like just, you know, like people are asking me that all the time. And, you know, many of our clients are saying it's like, I can't promise you it's forever, but I don't see it going away anytime soon. And, you know, one thing we've seen is sort of like pre COVID most of the people that, um, you know, asked for a work from home day, you know, we're balancing childcare, you know, children, childcare, that type of thing, you know, mostly women. Um, That's not, what's happening anymore. And I think in that, in my mind, in, in some ways, like, I think that's why it will go on longer than, you know, than it necessarily might have been. If, Cause I think, you know, mo- most people are asking for flexibility. Right. Um, so it's interesting. I, I love it. I love it. So what's, what do you think's getting driving the, the, the people being down? Do you think it's, are we, are we at the edge of just mental fatigue and they're just burnout? 
and people didn't take time off. Yeah, well, I think that's fine. I mean, we had the last couple of weeks, and even in my own company, we've had, you know, I was out a week, we've had sort of like this like back-to-back series of vacations. And it's it's disruptive when you're so busy, but then you're sort of like, geez, these people haven't taken a true vacation in two years. So like we have to make it work. We have to figure out a way for people to do it because people need to recharge and they need to, you know, have that little break to come back and people work, work harder um, and are more productive when they take vacation. That's, that's an established thing. So, you know, I don't know. I think like there's also this, this, you know, I think there's been a lot of factors, you know, on a political front, um, on like the COVID front and like, is this over? Is it really, over? no one really, you know, what, what's going to happen? Is it coming, coming back now? You know, some of the global issues that are going on. Um, so I think there's this unknown that maybe we never realized how quickly something can change. You know, no one saw COVID coming um, and it disrupted the daily life for everyone over a couple of days. You know, so I think there's that. And plus, I think the, you know, there's people who just, it's been a hard time and like they're really still recovering from that, whether they've had people that were sick with COVID, whether they, you know, homeschooled their kids for a year and a half. Um, They're literally traumatized by that. Yeah, it's 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 interesting because a lot of the societal movements kind of it was it was a rolling you know me too love is love black lives matter culmination yeah. George Floyd yeah. gets murdered in front of us COVID and it, at the end when you think COVID is almost dead each every time that we've almost thought okay it's we're almost to the end something else happens and it's like I think we've been through three or four of those types of waves we're like okay all right. We get <laughs> it's in the rear view. No, it's not. Yeah. No, it, there it's not. And I think the the uh, you know the war in Ukraine has also got a lot of people, especially the financial folks, has got a lot of people, you know, stressed out. I mean, yeah. just to see it on on a nightly basis, what what's what they're going through, and, and what's people being displaced all over the world. Just uh, again, you turn on the news, and there's not a lot of not a, not a lot of positive stories. Right, right. You think social media has? <laughs> it's probably a loaded question. Do you think social media has a as is is also impacting this? Oh, I think so, and I think it's a lot of. You know, I think in general, like the media and having the easy access to different headlines has everybody. You feel like you were you 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 sought answers to like some of these scenarios, to like what's going to happen. But once you you really start weeding through like where you even real are we being presented with the truth is this really the reality and i think like not only is that confusing but it it you know i think it created in some scenarios it created unnecessary you know hysteria and others you know again like i think it's it can be misleading people into believing something that might not be the reality so i, I definitely think social media is um you know, a big part of this. What about though? We haven't talked about recruiters, um, but what, <laughs> what about recruiters? So we've talked a lot about candidates and kind of the candidates' needs and et cetera, like that. But what do you what do you think is what's going on with recruiters right now? I mean, we've never been busier. Our industry colleagues have never been busier from just a pure volume of mm-hmm. you know assignments. 
and I think the other part of Cor- it is carrying more wrecks. Oh yeah. I mean, cause I think generally, you know, people, the way that we work, you know, people partner with us so we can present a slate of candidates that they can hire, but they're also going to get a snapshot of the market, understand what their competitors might be doing, understand, you know, other strategies people might be doing, get to, you know, understand like how other firms pay their people, all, you know, all sorts of market intel that's very valuable. Um, but not everybody wanted to do that. You know, so there's many companies that would run a, run a job posting, you know, get however many resumes, review them and pick one. Well, because of all the activity, people, you know, the, the pool of qualified candidates that are applying to job postings is just not there. Right. So it, it's, it's very difficult for companies to just, you know, hope they can hire someone and they just, you know, land, land on their desk. Like, I don't think that's happening anymore. Um, but from a recruiter standpoint, you know, I think it's, there's a ton of activity. The volume is, is great, like I said, but I also think some of these assignments are, um, are just not that easy. People are looking for the same profiles. Right. Um, Do you think we have to look outside? Do you think we have to look outside? Sorry to interrupt. Do you you think we have to look outside of the traditional, like if they're looking for the same, is it, is it looking for tangential skills and skilling them up or like, like how do we, if, if, if we, if we say that scarcity, we just don't have them. Well then do we build them? Do we, borrow them from other industries like what's what what's yeah i mean i think it's a combination of things but i think you know we're telling our clients you know within certain section sectors within certain functions this is a small pool of people mm-hmm. and it's a small pool of people because again you know take life science as an example you know, certain markets that have this big focus on life science and office to to lab conversions they're desperately looking for talent that has experience in this asset type. So not only is there high demand for these people, but recruiters have been calling the same people. They've stopped answering their phone. Right. And, and that, that, so. And none of the communications work. So it's not like they stop answering their phone. They're not answering email. They're not answering emails. They're not answering. People people have just been knocking on their doors over and over. And like, whether maybe they've lifted their head, but maybe they haven't. And, Um, So, you know, that's happening. I think the other thing that's frustrating from a recruitment standpoint is you, you go through a process, you, you have people that engage with your client, understand the job, feel excited about the job. We've talked about the economics, you know, and you're down to the finish line and you think we're done here and they either get, you know, countered at their current employer or they were weighing two opportunities and they picked the other one. And that has happened. That's happened more right. in the last fifteen months than it has in like the last fifteen years of me doing this. <laughs> oh um, and it's nothing. You know, it's not. You know, it's not a reflection of the recruiters' work right. in most situations. No. It's not necessarily even reflective of you know the offer and you know the benefits and compensation that was offered. It, it, there's so many factors that people are weighing that are different than they they did before COVID. So last, last question, if, if we, and we both agree that, that folks are feeling down on, on all fronts. So candidates, mm-hmm. recruiters, hiring managers, this is just across the board. Um, what's a quick hit? Well, like, what can we do to 
I mean, if we recognize that everyone's feeling down, how can we, how can we kind of change it? Cause you're not going to go from down to up. You're going to yeah, go from I mean, down think, to neutral. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think you said it. I mean, I think it's, you know, from a hiring standpoint, it's looking, being open-minded, you know, someone could call and say, Hey, I need someone that has 10 years of experience um, doing this, this, and this. And you might say like, you know, this person might not have the experience, but they're open to learning. And if you're willing to, for some training and some more mentorship, we think they have like the fundamental skill sets and they have the ability to do the job. Maybe they don't have a long track record. So I think that's certainly, you know, a, a, a solution. I think the idea that many companies um, are prioritizing diversity in the candidate pool is great. Um, it does add, you know, in certain geographic cities and locations, like it does add a you know, another challenge, if you will, because right. it, the pool isn't always, as always as deep as it is in in certain markets. But I think, you know, our message to our clients is, you know, we need to be open minded, um, and we will present the a range of qualified candidates. And you know, let's really look at the the big picture. And the other thing is obviously like timing. If you like someone and you need to keep them, engaged, you need to keep it moving along because you will lose them too. Oh. Something else. You so. might not deal with uh, software engineers as much, but um, like the four interviews. The, yeah. If you get a fifth interview done, they're out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, like like just, you don't have a lot of time to like sit back and ooh, think about someone you might want to hire. Ooh, you got to jump, especially if you like someone. I mean, especially if you're like, okay, we're we we can we can make this work. Then make it work that day. Um, Kayla, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for your oh, time and your wisdom. Me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. And thanks for everyone listening to the Recruiting Daily Podcast. Until next time. You've been listening to the Recruiting Live Podcast by Recruiting Daily. Check out the latest industry podcasts, webinars, articles, and news at recruiting.